Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm excited today. We get to dig into a crazy story that has been one of the most impactful stories in my own personal life, but also my sister-in-law, Christine. This is all about her story and kind of what led to this powerful deliverance that we're gonna hear about. If you're unsure about what the word deliverance means, like this is this is classic like demonic exorcism. <laughs> it's kind of a weird story, but it's also so important that we know what's going on. She delved into things like shamanism, earth spirituality. We'll hear more about that in her story and her, some of her background. And I just want you to uh, come into this with a bit of an open mind. There is stuff going on in our world that we don't fully grasp. And I hope this episode starts to demystify some of that and even just shed some light into the fact that we live in a spiritual world. Whether that's shamanism, whether that's Reiki, whether that's some of the things we've been hearing about in these episodes of this show, um, this episode today I think is going to really help you see that. And uh, I'm excited for you to listen. So let's jump into it. This is Christine's story. Let's go. So I was born into a cult, um, into um, a place where my birth wasn't even welcome. The The leader of the cult did not want my mother to have me. Hmm. But my birth catalyzed an awakening for my mother that the environment in which she was in, there was something not right. This person to whom she had bowed down and submitted her will was brainwashing her, was mm. controlling every aspect of her life as well as many of my family. And I, I still have a lot of family involved in, in that cult. Mm. So she started, my mother started... Um, hiding furniture at a barn at the end of the road. And she ran away with us in the middle of the night. Crazy. And she didn't, she couldn't tell my father because it was a tattletale club. So mm. the leader would have heard and it wouldn't have happened. And so she showed up at the doorstep of her sister, my aunt, with two children and a baby in tow and we started a new life and it's actually just to note my aunt had a dream that my mother showed up on her doorstep with children and a baby and she didn't even know that my mother was pregnant wow and it ha it, it happened it came to be and i just <laughs> want to say that my mother never did lose her faith in God. And a lot of people lose their faith, would lose their faith when people misuse or abuse yeah. the name of God. And yet my mother never did. Wow. Some truth still held in her. And so I, I was um, actually reared in a Christian family. Hmm. I grew up going to church. I went to school in the basement of a church. Hmm. And that was my my upbringing. Yeah, I was fortunate because my my siblings are quite a bit older than I am, and they did grow up in that. Hmm. So the remnants of that that bitter taste did hmm. did come come up in in my childhood. You know, right. those seeds of maybe worthlessness or whatever it might be 
those things did come in, but I, I wasn't subjected to, to some of the horrible things that my, my parents or my siblings had injured. Hmm. Crazy. So your mom escapes this cult. She gives birth to you. The kiddos are there. You guys start growing up and you grow up in a Christian home. You grow up going to church, you grow up hearing about these things, but um, was it ever, did it ever feel real to you or was it like, eh, this is, yeah, this is kind of whatever. I'll take it with a grain of salt. And, and what, what was the age that you sort of went away from it, I guess? When I was 13, I started, uh, smoking weed <laughs> and started opening myself up to specifically those those forces outside of myself that that change or manipulate the way that I think. Hmm. Did you ever get into like psychedelics and all that stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a moment where I, I had taken a psychedelic drug and I left my body and I had this experience that implanted a um, an overwhelming belief in my mind that everything I had ever been taught, everything that I had ever believed was not true. My entire existence, my entire reality was shattered in that moment. Crazy. So it was a psychedelic experience that it shattered. It was like, mm. yeah, like a psychological Like you, ex you literally experience what feels like a different world. Yeah, so that really led me to to delve deeper into um into the world of psychedelics and into the alternative world of understanding who we are and what life is. Hmm. Um even like quantum mechanics and <laughs> right. And like all that stuff like the, those sciences that um, focus on understanding the unseen right. parts of the world. Hmm. And then it just went on from that, that eventually I came to this point in my life where I felt like I was needing to grow. And this was in my late teens. So I felt like I needed purpose, like I needed to grow spiritually, but I didn't know what that looked like. Right. And And so I started meditating and practicing yoga actually hmm. and then that just sort of opened up that area of my life where I realized wow like I am a spiritual being <laughs> and I and this is a part of who I am like I'm not just a body right I'm not just a mind wow and so that whole world was opened up to me and it became my focus for the next several years of my life hmm. where I pursued life as a spiritual person i'm not blaming yoga or anything it was just kind of my process right i there were a number of things going on where you know that that age is when we start to define ourselves hmm. outside of what are what we've been raised to believe like psychologically totally. or whatever yeah and so it was this time in my life where i was wanting to start defining like who am i what am i what 
is my purpose. And I started looking into my past. Okay, who are my ancestors? And I have um, Norwegian roots on my father's side. And I have First Nations roots on my mother's side. Hmm. And I started looking into those spiritual practices Hmm. because they're part of my heritage. Sure. So I became involved in Nordic, like ancient Nordic spirituality. I have uh, people in my life who are very invested in that and actually leaders in that area of Hmm. teaching. So I learned a lot from that. And... Yeah, the First Nations spirituality, dipping my toes in and out of that. And then it just sort of opened up where I was living and who I was involved with. I Another thing that started coming up, it, it's kind of funny because it was like, I am very purpose driven. <laughs> and all these things I was wrestling with, like at the time, for example, even just eating, like what food do I eat? I was wrestling with this idea of responsibility, seeing these people out, like outside of myself, all these people blaming everyone else for their problems and <laughs> like never taking responsibility. And I saw, mm. I was, I remember at that time, it was when um, like documentaries were becoming really popular, mm. food documentaries, earth documentaries like (laughs) we talk about climate change now a lot like but back then it wasn't really spoken Mm. about but it just hit something in my heart and I just I started developing a reverence for for the earth Hmm. and for the things of the earth and and so that brought out this this uh, branch of earth-based spirituality Hmm. so then i started practicing wicca and um explain that to me what and for people who maybe don't know what is wicca wicca is earth-based spirituality so it's it's a spiritual path of of uh a fancy way of saying witchcraft i guess but it's it's um yeah it's the spiritual path of the witch so understanding the earth and the elements that earth air fire water and the powers that they have and the power that you can harness from them and i'm not giving due due justice to this but Hmm. yeah so so then i became more interested in earth-based spiritualities and naturally shamanism arose out of that because shamanism comes out of like aboriginal cultures sure so then we're we're talking about animal spirits and we're talking about mm. the spirits of the elements and it w- it just went from there it just seems like a natural sequence of events in my yeah. mind how totally it almost is like when you start to think about that and you start to think about earth spirituality and then aboriginal sort of take on things it makes everything spiritual it yeah. makes all of life this crazy spiritual experience and it can almost turn people kind of spooky a little bit where it's like everything is hyper spiritual and you know in its own roundabout way it is so fascinating because it has it opens up this depth that i don't know it just sounds like 
In- yeah. So what was the, your draw into something like um, shamanism, being a shaman? Like what was your draw? What was the draw? What was going through your mind when you're like, this is just awesome. I want to go and dig into that. Like that's not a common thing. Like a lot of people don't look at shamanism and go, that seems really cool. I'm going to go try that. Like some people do. You are one of those people. What was going through your mind? What was sort of your process of thinking, I want to do this. I want to check this out and pursue this in some meaningful way. You know what? I, I, I realized I had a knack actually. Hmm. Like I actually had a gift, a, a spiritual gift, one might say for these things. And when I when I started using some some oracles, so some divination tools that would help me speak into people's lives, hmm. I realized I was really good at it, hmm. and that I was actually helping people. And I really believe that I had the best of intentions. Hmm. That my heart really was to help people. I I felt like I wanted to be the best version of myself I was really motivated by that after a certain amount of time this this healing work that I'd done with myself realizing like I had a lot of wounding I had a lot of trauma I had a lot of hurt in my life I was using these things as Mm. as a tool to work through those pains to work through that suffering in order to become a better person so that I could then help other people wow in that process and I really I I realized that I was really good at it. Hmm. And so that naturally opened me up to pursue it in deeper levels. Hmm. It was it was honestly a natural knack I had for Interesting. Which probably makes it become a part of your identity, right? Like when you go and approach people, it's like, here I am, I'm Christine, I'm this person. I'm this spiritual person who's got all of this stuff going and I have a knack for it. It's becoming a bit of an identity. At what point were you pursuing these things, digging into this stuff? Um, were you completely just fulfilled in this? Like everything was going good. This is who you are. You're helping people. What was a changing point in that um, that maybe began to lead you away from that? Because obviously your story is much different now. What was sort of a turning point for you? Yeah. I mean, just to confirm, like I was fulfilled. I didn't think I needed anything else. Hmm. I was on the right path. I was working towards a, a dream that I had invested hours and thought, like energy. I was pouring into this, <laughs> this dream for my life. And I was meditating one day and God, Yahweh, like God, the God that I had grown up, taught to believe in, showed up. Hmm. And I knew, I knew it was him. Like, I'm not unfamiliar at this point with the spiritual realm. I'm engaging with spirits on a regular basis. <laughs> I'm practicing divination. I'm conjuring hmm. up spirits. Like, honestly, this was just a part of my regular day. I was holding rituals and ceremonies. Wow. Um. And and yet God, the God of the Bible, shows up and says to me, I want you to commit your life to me. And that was the last thing that I was seeking or 
waiting for in that mm. moment of meditation. And Interesting. That was a turning point. Because what made you know that like, okay, so this is different. Like you're, as you say, you're familiar with a lot of these different practices and you're digging into it. What was that? What clued in in your mind that, okay, this is the God that I was taught to believe in growing up. And this is different from all of the other stuff I'm pursuing. What was the, how did you know? What made you go, this is different than all the other stuff I'm into? There was a real discernment in my spirit that this is something different. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Totally. So what happened in that moment was there was a, there was something injected into me that made my spirit thirst for the things of a godly nature. Interesting. And I was still holding ceremony. I was still um, worshiping goddesses, digging into archetype of different goddesses. I was still doing all of those things. And yet, slowly but surely, I started pursuing Christian spirituality resources and materials. Hmm. So in the early days, it was specifically Joyce Meyer because okay. my mother listened to her a lot and it was some worship music. Okay. And it there was a fulfillment in that thirst hmm. only by those things. Interesting. That's That's weird almost like the other stuff wasn't... Satisfying that craving. Right. That spiritual so You got a hankering for something, but it's not being met by these other things. It's like it's only met by a certain um, a certain presence, a certain thing, a certain spirit, you could say. Um, I just remember this moment of going to this woman's meeting, this Christian women's meeting with my mother. And it was during the worship and... I was experiencing these things, but I wasn't totally sold out, as the saying goes. And during this worship, I just remember like emotion just swept over me and I just wanted to cry like, holy man, like hmm. something is touching me here. But I, I just, I didn't let myself go. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was almost like fighting that experience. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And so I think when I reflect now, it was like this softening of my spirit hmm. that took place. Um, slowly just reading the word here and there. Sl slowly. And one day I remember reading it and just just sensing that, that God was saying, you should be baptized. Um, I'm a very committed person. When I commit to something, I... I am invested in it mm. and whatever the results might be, whatever the outcome might be. Mm. So I think that is a really key word that, that in choosing to be baptized, it was a commitment mm. to follow the God of the Bible. Interesting. Yeah, that day was crazy. So 
let's let's just go right into it here because I mean your story is obviously pretty nuts. There's some background stuff, and I know there's more stuff after it, but obviously the the reality of what happened at your baptism is I what I feel like will always be in my mind as like something that made me go, holy crap, this is real. Like I always have believed God was real. I didn't really follow the God of the Bible for a long time until I had my own experience. But I remember at your baptism specifically, um, we were having a barbecue afterwards. We had some bouncy castles. We were doing like a community event out in the field. It and was we were sunny. Doing... There were a lot of people there. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was full on. It was in September, like just earlier September. So it was still nice outside, like pretty much just off the the end of summer. So it was like really nice, mm-hmm. sunny, barbecue, bouncy castles. There's a whole field full of people. We got games going on. We're playing, bo- there's a bocce tournament that we set up. It was just like, Basically, our kickoff coming out of summer into the, you know, as things ramp up in September, this was our big kickoff day. And we were like doing these baptisms. So what happened? (laughs) So I went under the water. (laughs) (laughs) I did go under the water. (laughs) Yeah. And came up. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. And, and then, and then Clay came over, Clay and Jen. And as they were coming over, honestly, I had this physical sensation in my body, like, like buzzing almost. Hmm. Um, and they're like, can we, can we pray for you? And I'm like, yeah. Like, even just this, like, spiritual discernment in that moment, like, yeah, this isn't over. Hmm. Um, And, yeah, you guys laid hands on me, and I fell to the ground immediately. It was weird. I'm not going to lie. Like, that was the first time that it had ever happened to me. And almost the moment we started praying, you, that happened, and your eyes closed, and you began to fall over. And I just remember... <laughs> I remember thinking, don't let her go face down. Like, it's just like you were literally like going ragdoll. And you just like basically started to crumple. And we're like, whoa, lay you down. You had like closed your eyes. You should share. And then, okay. Yeah. And then I'll say what what my experience was. Um, It felt gross. Like, it felt almost like something was off and I remember looking at you and in my heart I heard the words unclean spirit and I heard that like unclean spirit like you just went and got baptized like it's this idea of a washing of a dying to self of a cleansing and when you come up out of that it was like unclean spirit is inside like the outside of the cup was washed but the inside is like there's a little sludge in there or something and Inside of that moment, I remember looking at you and feeling unclean spirit. And I just said boldly, I command every lying spirit, every unclean spirit, come out of her right now in Jesus' name. And I just said it like, come out of her in Jesus' name. And you sat up and went, no. And you screamed like louder than I've ever heard a human scream. (laughs) 
it was like death metal. Like it was like the breakdown of like a chorus in like a heavy metal song. It's like, come on. It was so intense. But the when you sat up, because you had laid down and you were totally like a, like a plank on the ground and you snapped up like whoosh. And you were sitting almost 90 degrees, snapped up and went, no. And your arms like reached out like you're like, yeah, like fighting something. And this, the strongest jolt of fear hit me. And I was like, whoa, that was demonic. I just knew that it was evil. Like it was unclean. And in the same way that fear hit me, this boldness hit me <laughs> from God. It's the, I don't know how to describe it. I'm going to try to demystify it for people a little bit. But it was like this supernatural boldness that came over me. And I just began rebuking it in Jesus' name, like, be quiet. Come out of her right now in Jesus' name. Let go of her right now. And it was like a fight. And you were on the ground, like, convulsing. basically convulsing and having a crazy moment in this field with a hundred, couple hundred people who are all just there for like an after church get together. <laughs> and you're laying there like getting like electrocuted. And the way that a buddy described it to me when I explained the story to him, he had this picture of like a cup that was filled with like gross murky water. And it was like God was pouring in the clean, fresh, new stuff and was like flushing out the like as it fills to the top of the cup it like flushes out the top like all the gross sludge and everything like comes out and then this new water is like filling and washing and and there's an inner filling of the holy spirit that's happening and what went on in that moment was like that exact thing like you were being filled with the holy spirit but in that process that when you screamed and said no and you freaked out and and hit the ground and you were like convulsing and all of this stuff it was like i just remember feeling this overwhelming boldness to like fight this thing with a power that wasn't my own and i was saying things that i was feeling like i would never even say like i was verses from scripture were coming into my mind that i didn't even know i remembered and it was like things that were like little tools in the tool belt to help like fight this thing. It was so weird. What was going on? What was that from your perspective? Because from mine, it was like, I'd never done that before. It freaked the the, the hell out of me to be very Was that the part honest. when you had that image of the snake? Um, Do you remember that? No, that was a woman in the field who was just hanging out with her kid at the bouncy castle. When she looked over and saw all of this stuff happening and there was a group around you and she saw you like writhing on the floor. She got a picture of a snake um, and heard the word Kundalini mm. Um, mm-hmm. in her heart. And oh, she looked okay. and she saw that from across the field when she was just with her kid at the bouncy castle. She looks over and sees this picture of a snake when she lays her eyes on you having this experience. And it was like, whoa, that's kind of a weird thing image and uh, she ended up telling us that afterwards but and just to confirm that um I also had a had at at the time of this deliverance I was conscious during this process I did not black out but I was in no way in control wow it was like my mind was on but that's about it (laughs) it's almost (laughs) like when people talk of out of body experiences where they leave their body their consciousness is present, but 
but they're looking down on themselves. That's how it was for me during all of this. Crazy. And honestly, when I reflect upon this, it's kind of embarrassing. It's like, Hmm. yeah, there were hundreds of people there, including children. And I was convulsing (laughs) on the floor, screaming, screaming (laughs) like bloody murder. Yeah. And there was nothing I could do about it. I was not acting. Hmm. I was not putting on a front. This was happening whether I wanted it to or not. Wow. I remember a few people like came up and were like offering help. A guy came up and was like, I have my first aid level three. Do you guys need help? Is she having a seizure? And we just looked up at him. We're like, dude, that is not going to help here at all. <laughs> like this is demonic. And he's kind of like, what? And just like was totally wigged out. Like no idea what to even think of that and walked away. <laughs> like he was like totally tripped out at the fact that like, I, um, what? Are you for real? Like, yeah, dude, your first aid level three has nothing on this. And I remember when you got set free, the great joy that happened. Like when God's filling you with his spirit, like often people get caught up in in the supernatural side of things. But I remember just the pure joy. Yeah, weren't we laughing? I was laughing. It was like... <laughs> I remember when you got filled with the Holy Spirit (laughs) and all of those things left. Like I remember there was a point where they were finally done and cast out and done away with. Like all of this buildup of spiritual pursuits have now been broken and the Spirit of God filled you. And I remember you laughing loud, loud. Like I've never heard you laugh so loud in my life. And like I'm related to you and I've never heard you laugh like that before and it was like so filled with joy that instantly we all began crying with tears of joy like i remember thinking that like this is pure joy that is filling this field pure perfect love that just brings this sense of joy and belonging and peace and you were laughing and laughing and i'm crying everyone's crying with joy because we just went through a battle. It was like I was with my friends, Joelle, family, and it was like the joy of a battle won. And we were just laughing and crying together. And it was so beautiful. And I remember looking down at you and I said, Christine, what's going on? How are you feeling? And you (laughs) said like with slurred speech, you're like, I feel drunk. (laughs) I feel drunk. Oh yeah. And you couldn't even sit up. Like God just like, I was drunk filled on you the with Holy his spirit. spirit. Like and and that is a funny concept to people. I get it. It sounds spooky. It sounds weird, but it was like perfect joy and perfect like being almost like intoxicated by the Holy Spirit. Like you were laying there in his presence perfectly healed and whole and set free and filled with his spirit and zero side effects, zero strings attached, just the grace of God that was like on that situation and it was so cool to see it was like freaking awesome Mm. (laughs) oh man wow yeah and Mm. so i would say you know it's been over three years now and i reflect upon what happened that day and i think what god really broke that day you know we talk about strongholds Mm. I think he really broke my pride 
Like, I thought I was the light of the world, that I had the power to change people wow. and situations, that mm-hmm. I had the authority to make things right, that I was, I really, like, I had all the right intentions, and yet my heart wasn't in the right place. Hmm. I was still the author and the ruler of my life, of my destiny. When God broke that, yeah, it's been a humbling process, like God saying, no, actually, you do need a savior. No, actually, you are a sinner. (laughs) Hmm. Actually, you aren't perfect. Actually, you can hurt people, Hmm. even when you have the best of intentions. And that I desperately need a savior to come in and make me right because I cannot make myself right. Hmm. Even just in getting ready to to speak about this this experience hmm. this deliverance i referred back to um an old journal in hopes of finding some writing about my baptism and that time and unfortunately i didn't write anything about it but it was filled pages of upon pages of my my thinking at the time and it was really interesting to read, really humbling to read, actually, because I, the pages were filled with, with the best of intentions. Honestly, like you could read that my journal entries and think you were, you were hearing a Christian's heart. <laughs> like, I want to help people. I want to change people. I want people to, to see that they're made for more, that they're meant for more. Right. And yet it was all it was all coming from this place of I can do this. Hmm. Like I am the light of the world. So so what I saw is just to cause you know, to reconcile, like, why did I think those things were good? <laughs> well, it was it was that I was deceived in believing that they were good. And what the Holy Spirit revealed to me is that when you're looking at these things as good, you're seeing the reflection of yourself, hmm. the goodness in yourself. And the only good thing about us <laughs> is that we were made in the image of God. Hmm. So yeah, it keeps you in a, in a cycle of looking at yourself and being impressed to yes. keep your eyes off of the God who created you, who wants that intimacy that you've now received and walk in and, and what, what, would you say looking back on this story was like the what's the thing that God was saying through that experience, that powerful deliverance? What what was he saying in hindsight? What did you feel like would be his message to you? Honestly, I think it would be <laughs> you are lowly. You are a sinner. You are fallen and you, you need, you desperately need me. Hmm. Honestly, I think, I really think it's just that humility of spirit. Like you are nothing without me. There is something integral missing Hmm. in your life that will, you will never find. (laughs) Yeah. Unless you abide in me. Huh. 
and that that integral thing i love i love that i think that's just so well said um shamanism and earth spirituality and all of these other things would not die for you like the the difference that i see is yes we are broken yes we are messed up and i'm i would be the first to admit that but the way that i see the cross is that jesus looked at me and saw what his spirit his life his identity in me looks like and thought i would die to get that like he looked at you christine and went I see what my Holy Spirit inside of Christine looks like, and I see the life that she would walk with me, and I would die to have that. And she is far from me, and I will come to earth, take on flesh, take on our fragile frame, <laughs> and die and let it be whipped and beaten and hung on a cross to forgive us of sin, to forgive us of our wrongs, to clear the debt so that his spirit can fill us and that we can be clean and that sludge that is in there would be forgiven and flushed out and that we would walk in perfect intimacy with him. That's what he sees. And to me, it's like, that's a God who truly loves, that can truly make a difference, that truly rewrites your story and gives you a new perspective. And what I don't see in this other pursuits is the willingness to lay down your life. Yes. You know, Jesus these... <laughs> is anything but self. <laughs> exactly. He is the perfect model of selflessness yeah. and love. And he gives us his life to walk in that selflessness and love. And all of these counterfeit versions of it in the world only reflect the goodness in us, but it never truly gets to the root issue, which is we need Jesus, the relationship with Christ, the one who created us to actually give us a clean slate and a fresh way of thinking yes it's crazy yes it's so crazy and i hope that leads people to jesus i hope what you've said leads people to pursue that further thanks for sharing your story thank you <laughs>Thanks, guys, for listening to today's episode. If you like this podcast, if you're enjoying this, I just want to encourage you to share it with someone. Send somebody this story that may need to hear it. And I just want to say I love you guys. Thanks so much for continuing to check in with these episodes and hear these awesome stories. Um, it's been such a fun pleasure for me to get to sit down with Christine today and just to sit down and hear more amazing stories. If you have stories like this, reach out to me and uh, let's keep them going. I'll see you in the next episode.